people say, oh, do you have work-life balance, right? And and I don't believe in work-life balance mm-hmm. because it's never 50-50. It just isn't. It's a flow. There's days where you have to be at your kid's school. There's days that your kids are sick. And there's days that you're prepping for a board meeting or you're on a shoe and it flows, right? And for me, um, I want my team to bring their authentic selves to work because we do better when we can bring who we are, whether it's a parent, whether it's an athlete, whoever you are, bring that to work. Um, You shouldn't have to choose and, and it's not a balance. co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I'm excited to sit down with Sandy Abdallah, CEO, Man Baby USA. During one of our recent end-of-day huddles, one of my teammates asked if I could take a look at something during my second shift. I smiled and said, I'm happy to take a look, but it's actually my fourth shift. The first is getting everyone up, dressed, fed, and out the door on time. The second is my nine-ish to five-ish work shift. The third is the whole dinner, bath, bed routine. So when I finally sit down to do more work at the end of the night, it's my fourth shift. As a mom and as an executive, it's important to me to make my boundaries clear and set realistic expectations for myself. I also believe that it's my responsibility to make the juggle of working motherhood more visible so that no one feels they have to hide their mom role at work. Sandy became CEO of MAM during the pandemic and is leading the company towards being a family first company. She models this by setting a culture that allows her colleagues to be flexible and respond to priorities, whether they are at home or at work. Sandy and Mam also launched a Path to Parenthood campaign to embrace the many diverse ways that individuals become parents. Thank you, Sandy, for joining me today on Work Like a Mother. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thanks, Bridget. It's so great to be here and excited to have a very open conversation with you. Well, you have had quite the last year. In addition to coping with the pandemic, you have a new role at MAM. Yeah. I think it was about six months ago now. Is that right? Time flies by. Can I tell you, like days turn into weeks, turns. I'm like, how old am I? Um, It's since October. Do you believe it? So it's, what is that? Nine months, 10 months. Wow. Can you tell us about the journey and what led you to step into this new role? Yeah. You know, um, I have to tell you, it was the most organic process I've ever gone through in my career. I was, uh, you know, obviously COVID hits. Um, my family and I were out in East of the Hamptons in a house. We left the city um, just to kind of give the kids more space. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time I was working for a company called Centric. It's predominantly an apparel um, company, but I was running a beauty division. So it was a smaller division. And essentially it was like three startups 
that I have I had merged into one organization. So a lot of transformation and change. Now you know what happened to the apparel business, primarily mid-tier. Mm-hmm. So the company ended up filing for bankruptcy. I had to furlough 50% of my staff. Um, it was 18-hour days um, dealing with the tariffs in Asia. I mean, anything that you could throw um, on my lap was thrown on top of it, trying to manage a three-year-old, a five-year-old. Um, my husband had started a new job February. So it was everything that you could possibly imagine, and our help wasn't with us. Um, and I was quite honestly, burnt out. And um, I think a lot of people were, right? Mm -hmm. We were trying to figure out, get in our groove. And ultimately, you know, I haven't had time to look for a job. I got a call um, from a recruiter and they're like, ma'am is looking for, and I'm like, not interested, love the products though, used them. And she's like, just have a conversation. Conversation led to another conversation, and it was just <laughs> the most organic um, process, and it was the best decision for me. I mean, truly, it's an organization that believes family first, um, and I'm so fortunate to be a part of that and to lead that here in, in the U.S., and it was, like I said, the perfect time because it isn't just about being a CEO. It's about mm-hmm. being a great mom, a great parent as well. I want to hear, I have so many follow-up questions. The first is for people who may not be familiar, can you give us a two-minute summary of MAM? Yeah. So MAM is an Austrian company that was founded 45 years ago um, by Peter Rorg. It is the number one pacifier um, here in the U.S. and um, globally, actually. Um, it is medically backed. Everything that we do is of the utmost quality. It takes six to 10 years to bring a product to life. I mean, that's the amount of research that goes into it. Um, when we do it, we do it right. We have been the pioneers in sustainability in the area. We've been issuing sustainability reports for the past 10 years before sustainability was a thing. Um, and really, the, the products are made in Europe, the highest quality, highest standards of products. And for me, being a mother, that's what we want. Like you have conviction for what mm-hmm. you're doing. You know, you don't have to worry about product recalls, 45 years now, one product recall. So for me, it was just something that I could really get behind and believe in. And I think yeah. that's half the battle. Yeah, well, and it sounds like you also you know, you were a user, you, you experienced the products. I did too. I had heard from a friend as we were thinking about like pacifiers, what pacifiers do we need? Everyone said you have to get ma'am. Ma'am. Yeah. It's the, it's the best. Yeah. And there's so much opportunity in the U S because I think, um, you know, there's kind of a fear of its habit forming or, and, and that's part of my job is debunking that myth that, you know, babies suck in the womb. Like it's a natural instinct for them. So um, we have a lot of great work to do in educating um, the consumer. How are you putting families first? What does that mean to you as a leader of the company? And what personal experience do you do you bring to that vision? Yeah, you know, 
I will tell you that for me, you know, people, people say, oh, do you have work-life balance, right? And, and I don't believe in work-life balance mm-hmm. because it's never 50-50. It just isn't. It's a flow. There's days where you have to be at your kid's school. There's days that your kids are sick. And there's days that you're prepping for a board meeting or you're on a shoe and it flows, right? And for me, um, I want my team to bring their authentic selves to work because we do better when we can bring who we are, whether it's a parent, whether it's an athlete, whoever you are, bring that to work. Um, You shouldn't have to choose and, and it's not a balance. So some of the things that, you know, I like to, you know, people are like, when are you going back to the office? I'm like, office doesn't predicate work to me, Mm. right? Like, yes, I believe that you need to see each other to create a culture to develop. And and sometimes you just need to touch things. Um, But, you know, just having work-life flow and being at home when you need to, running out to a doctor's appointment. You know, I always say to my team, okay, you're on vacation. They're like, I'm not going on vacation. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I don't care if you're sitting on the beach doing your work, just get it done. doesn't matter. Yeah. I love what you said too, about bringing who you are to the office, because one of the things I think about a lot is people do that anyhow, right? Like there's, you can't just shut off this other part of your family or your interests. Like you are who you are and you bring that whole person, whether the company accepts it or not. Yep. And so by creating that culture of, we want that to be out in the open. We don't want you to feel like you have to hide and say, oh, I'm, exactly. I'm going to an appointment when you're going to your kid's baseball exactly. game, because right? the reality is people are going to figure out a way to do it. And they're bringing those complex challenges and emotions anyhow. So by making it out in the open, we can harness that power and we can make it work for everybody rather than making people feel like they have to hide it away. I agree. And I, you know, for me, one thing I've learned in my career is people aren't loyal to an organization. They're loyal to their leaders. They're loyal to their managers and um, you shouldn't have to choose. You you can do it all if you have the support. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, it's really critical regardless, we all, you know, whether you're a parent or not, right, we all have outside interests Mm -hmm. and you, you shouldn't compromise them because you have to burn the midnight oil, right? I mean, you'll see there's times where I'll log off at four o'clock, pick my kids up from camp, spend the night, and then I'm logged back on from eight to midnight because that's what works for my schedule. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. You know, and I would say to my team, do not look at your emails. Do not feel need to respond. This is what works for my schedule. Right. Right. And, and setting that expectation. Um, I remember in one of my prior lives, it was nonstop, like the emails and you felt compelled, like, oh my God, it's a Saturday, but I need to respond. And I think it's laying that expectation, right? Mm-hmm. That this works for me. It doesn't have to work for you. Totally. Totally. Uh, well, one of the things that I love uh, that man is doing is the new path to parenthood campaign. That's so awesome to hear. Can you share a little bit about that initiative and and what sparked the idea for it? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, this is one of my dear babies. When I had started it, um, started at MAM, one thing that was really important is that we know as parents that the face of parenthood has changed, right? From from when MAM was founded 45 years ago. And um, it's changed in a lot of ways. Um your path to parent, how you became a parent, what parenthood looks like, um, multicultural parenting. So it was about creating a community where people can come forward and share their story. And for me, it was really personal um, just to share a little bit about my journey in becoming a parent, which kind of led to this was I, um, I got married later in life. I got married, um, you know, 37. We had our first child, you know, we were, we were trying, we were trying, and I kept having miscarriages and it was this scarlet letter, right? I was so ashamed. It was something that I felt that I did. Did I exercise too much? Did I, what did I do? And um, I come from a very traditional Middle Eastern family where you just don't talk about these things. And um, it was just weighing on me. And, um, you know, I finally talked to someone that I worked with, actually. And she was like, I had a miscarriage, too. Here's, And what I realized is the more that I started opening up, so did so many other parents. And it was it just made me feel so so much better. Like I wasn't alone and it wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. And um, so that really inspired the path to parenthood because, you know, being a parent at a later stage, I have so many friends and colleagues that have gone through very untraditional forms of becoming a parent, whether it's adoption, surrogacy, IVF, um, you name it. And some that their husband sneezed on them and they got pregnant, right? And it doesn't matter. It's about showcasing different stories, whether it was easy, whether it was complex, but knowing that we're an inclusive community and that we want to be with you every step of the way from inception to every mile milestone that you're celebrating with your child. Well, I think one of the really interesting things too is that no matter how you got to parenthood, there's so many emotions that go along with that. Like even whether that's birth or whether that's like how your newborn is or your pregnancy and fertility journey. Like I think about how there are many positive and negative emotions and we need to be supporting parents through all of those stages because you might've had a very easy pregnancy, but maybe you have a colicky baby. Exactly. Or I I think also there's this weird phenomenon that happens, or at least this is how I felt. Um, when something's easy, quote unquote, as a parent, you also feel really guilty. You feel guilty, right? (laughs) So it's like, you feel guilty either way, right? Like you feel terrible if something's going wrong because you're carrying that weight on your shoulders. Like what did I do? And then if something is sort of, you're going smooth sailing, you're like, I feel guilty because I know so many other people have had challenges with this. Right. And I don't know how we break, break that cycle. 
Um, it's so funny you're saying this. Um, one of my friends is an influencer and I said, I'd love for you to share your path to parenthood journey. And she goes, Sandy, I'm embarrassed. She goes, I got pregnant so easily. She's like, I feel guilty for it. Right. You know, and it's exactly to your point, Bridget, like exactly, regardless of, you know, we're, we're constantly feeling badly or guilty about something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So hopefully to- we can break that. Um, and, and that's really what Path to Parenthood is really focused on doing is just giving a little bit of hope or a little bit of laughter or just someone that you can relate to and, and creating a community where you just feel like you're not alone. Yeah. I I think that's totally it. It's sharing all of those stories, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the challenging, the highs, the lows, all of it. Because if we only share the lows or the challenges, that's not the solution. If we only share the happy, you know, good things, that's also not the solution. It really is about showcasing all of the different stories. And one of the things I want to touch on is you talked about, you know, sort of your, your family um, background and, um, you know, coming from a large family. Yeah. How did your experience, I guess, differ from your expectations on how that journey would go? Like going into it, what did you think? And then what did you actually experience? You know, it's so funny. My mom had six kids, right. And she ran the house. Um, and, she made it look so like we never had a babysitter or nanny. We always had family around, right? Mm-hmm. That that just kind of um, pitched in. And I would say, you know, running a household is probably harder than going to work. To be to be honest, you know. Um, and and so I thought it would have been a lot easier because my mom made it look so easy. Mm-hmm. My relatives made it look so easy. And I'll tell you, my husband and I, after we had Elon, our, our, our first son, you know, people are like, you have to get a baby nurse. You can't do this on your own. Now, my husband is the most amazing man. He is so hands-on. Um, and we looked at each other and we were laughing. We're like, no way. We got this, right? Um, we came home from the hospital with Elon and, and it was a tough delivery. I was in labor for uh, a long time. Um, and it it was a tough labor. We came home, we looked at this child and we're like, what do we do? Right. Like, you know, (laughs) and that new parent moment of how did they trust us to leave the hospital? What, what do I do with this thing? (laughs) I, okay. I know I'm supposed to change diapers and like feed the baby and sleep, help them sleep. But like, how and what else? What? What? Um, and, and so, you know, my milk wasn't in yet. I had this idea, like no formula because I'm going to nurse. And it was, um, let's just say that because the labor was so tough, I didn't plan for postpartum. Mm -hmm. I would say that I probably had some of that. And I called my mom, she's in Ohio. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm just not meant to be a mom. And, um, 
you know, my husband could see that I I was struggling. We had someone come help us for a week to get us going. And then after that, we got into a groove. But, you know, I'm really fortunate that I have a network of support from my mother-in-law who lives close by. My husband is super hands-on and, you know, um, it takes a village. It really does. Yeah. And wouldn't it be, as you were just saying that, I was thinking to myself, like, wouldn't it be amazing? Imagine a world where every mom, when they left the hospital or every parent, when they have a child come home with them for the first time, that they have a week or two of support. All you need is a week just to get your mind right. right. And yeah, I agree with you. Like, what can we do to, to execute that? Right. Yeah, that would just be, that would be incredible. Um, You know, and I think that every baby's different. Every Mm -hmm. child's birth is different. But that first week, like you, you're like, am I going to break this baby? (laughs) Well, and there's so many things now um, too that I just, so I'm, um, I had a baby during the pandemic at the very start of the pandemic. I have a three and a half year old and a 15 month old. And I forgot everything from having three and a half year old. I felt like a new parent all over again. And all the and, products changed, right? Oh, and everything changed. Yeah. And the the things though that struck me were like, you you have to keep track of how many, how much they're peeing in the beginning. Like, are they peeing enough? Oh, the are journal. they yeah. Right? yeah, like are they gaining enough weight in those first few days? Like there's there were so many pieces that I was like. I, I feel forgot. like I forgot all this. Like when I don't you remember salad foods. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. Right. Everything. It felt like like when do we introduce a pacifier? Yeah. When do we do a bottle versus not? Like it was like every decision needed to be made all over again. And just having, if there were somebody there to 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 help you feel like okay, you've got this. These are, I'm, it's we're the in your corner. Yeah. It's the reassurance that you can do this. It yeah. really is like the, you know, you want somebody looking over your shoulder as you're like putting on the diaper. Like, am I doing it right? Am I <laughs> doing it right? I know. I know it's the reassurance, but you know, that's, that's another thing um, that is so important. And one of our goals at MAM is we have a whole team of medical experts Mm -hmm. and we want to bring that knowledge, right? So that you have a resource hub to go to, when should I introduce foods? When should I wean my baby off the pacifiers? Because it isn't just, it's being with you every step of the way and being a holistic resource. Um, to answer all those questions and just be like, can I quickly look something up at a place that I trust? And I know they've been doing this a long time. Right. Not just Google. Yeah. And you're like, exactly. I don't, I don't know. Maybe this. Yeah. Is it a sponsored ad? <laughs> right. Like maybe this, this maybe. site is good. I don't know. I don't know who this person is. I uh, know exactly. that that's so true. And I, and I love how you highlighted too, like kids are just so different and they want different things. And like my youngest, he is a huge thumb sucker. Like he, that's just who he is. He's been that he found his thumb really early on. And to this day, that's, that's how he soothes himself and puts himself to sleep. Yep. And my oldest never sucked his thumb. Like that just was not, yeah, it wasn't even a a thing with him. And so every 
every child is so unique. And I think that's what makes it so challenging too, to feel like, am I doing the right thing? Cause even when you have your second, you're like, well, I'm going to try everything I did with my first. And then they're different. And you're like, oh shit, wait, what do I do now? What do I do now? Right. The baby didn't take a pacifier, but he found his finger and it's okay. These kids are going to be fine regardless, or my milk, or I breastfed and now I'm using formula at the end of the day, it's all fine. And it's so personal and your son's going to stop sucking his thumb at some point, right. you know, and, and it's okay. It's how he soothes himself. It's okay. Um, well, you have two small kids at home, as you shared, you are a CEO of a huge company, a uh, very successful company. How do you make this juggle work? in a non-pandemic, I guess, scenario. Yeah, no, I think um, a lot of prioritization, uh, you know, multitasking. You know, I will say this, when I'm present, I I try and be fully present for my kids and I know my boundaries. Um, So when the, you know, whether it's after school or after camp, I really try and log off, not have the phone around and really give them two hours of being fully present. I think that's really important. Um, And I would say, you know, I I know this is crazy, but I have an amazing husband who helps a ton. You know, I have a mother-in-law who will be here whenever. And I think it just takes a village and knowing what your boundaries are. Um, And you know what? You can't you know, people, you can't do it all at the same time. And it just comes down to what's important today, what's important today and what can go on um, the back burner. So in priority shift every, you know, your kid will wake up sick and you're like, okay, well, I had this meeting. I had this, I have to reconfigure, honey, can you pick up Aria? Can you do this? And it's constant juggle. Yeah. Right. But I think it just comes down to being supported at work um, at homes and being transparent about it. You know, I think I'm, you know, very open, whether it's, you know, with my team, with my organization, with my family, you know, I, I told my daughter today, I can't pick you up because of X. Right. And it, and it's trying to communicate as much as you can. Yeah. As I hear you say that, I also think so much of it is flexibility too. Yeah. Like when you were just saying how priorities shift, it reminded me how the other night I thought, okay, we're going to have bedtime. Then I have, I was like planning out the work that I need to do after the kids are in bed. And then my son, my older one slipped, he fell, he got a little cut on his leg. And then it was just like the whole night, you know, and unraveled. you know, you're in bed with him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> That's ex- you nailed it. That's exactly where yeah. we ended up because he just was not, he wasn't going to settle down. And I was like, you know what? I need to put everything else down. I just exactly. need to lay with him in this moment and the work's going to happen tomorrow. And it's okay. To. And it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Um, yeah. So it's identifying those moments and saying like, my son needs me more than my work needs me. Right. Um, Yeah. It's funny, right? When you think you have everything planned out and then all these, you get a lot of curveballs. but I think that's part of it being flexible and being fluid and just, you know, letting go of expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes you expect too much of yourself and you can be disappointed. You know, sometimes I'm like, letting it go, letting it go. 
Well, and so much of what you said too, and you're really embodying this at MAM is having a culture and uh, an environment at work that is supportive of that. So thank you for being the leader that you are. Thank you for setting that standard and, and hopefully inspiring other executives to, to do the same. So thank you for, for being really at the forefront there. Um, and thank you for being on the podcast. It's been wonderful chatting with you. You too. So lovely. Work Like a Mother is produced by Neighbor Schools. Neighbor Schools is a startup in Boston that I co-founded in 2018 to help parents find daycare. As a first-time parent, finding childcare can feel scary and intimidating. At Neighbor Schools, we help you find daycare you'll feel really good about so you can go back to work with the peace of mind that your little one is getting the socialization, support, and stimulation they need to learn and grow. We've helped thousands of moms and dads figure out the daycare search. Check us out at neighborschools.com. And when you get in touch, mention that you discovered us on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.